welcome to the Alberta Wedding Podcast, a platform for Alberta wedding professionals and couples to connect, learn, and share ideas. I'm your host, wedding videographer Kevin Marr. With over 100 weddings behind me, I'm your guide to all things weddings in this great province of ours. It's another great week here on the Alberta Wedding Podcast. I am, of course, your host, Kevin Marr. I am flying solo this week, and I am really excited to really uh, drop some great nuggets on this episode today. Uh, We're going to be talking about really how to optimize your uh, day of timeline for your wedding. And I think there's a lot of uh, moving parts that happen on the day of. Uh, Someone who's done well over 100 weddings at this point, I've seen every uh, type of timeline on the day of, and I am so thankful that um, I was able to reach out to uh, my fellow friends in the industry and uh, and really get everyone's uh, thoughts on what they feel as though would really help optimize the uh, wedding day timeline. So the tips I'm going to be sharing today, right now I've got about 10 of them lined up. It may actually go over that depending on how this goes. There's a lot of knowledge to drop on this episode, but um, I really want you guys to take the time and really hear me out. This is something that I think everyone talks about, and it's something you don't want to leave till the last minute to really work on that timeline, because it's something that obviously, as I mentioned before, there's a lot of moving parts on the day of the wedding, a lot of opportunities where things can get pushed back and delay things, and that can just create a trickle effect for the rest of the day. So as mentioned, I've got 10 tips here. I'm going to try to get through them as uh, efficiently as I can. Yeah, I'm really open to uh, hearing some feedback. If there's any more tips that uh, you have, please let me know. But this is uh, just an accumulation of knowledge that I've acquired over the years, as well as reaching out to my fellow friends in the industry who've also uh, done like hundreds of weddings to this day. So without further ado, let's get right into it. So tip number one, this is one I think it's not for everybody, but I strongly recommend it. And that is to actually hire a wedding planner or a day of coordinator. This is something I think is really underrated. And as someone who has worked with a lot of planners over the years, I can tell you right now, like it takes a lot of stress off of not only the the vendors, but also you as well, the bride and groom. This is your guys' wedding day. We want to make sure that on the day of the wedding that uh, you're as stress-free as possible and to have someone to take control of the day and really be able to manage and coordinate and really like set you up for success for your uh, most important day of your life. I don't think I can say anything more that would really just tell you how important I really believe having a wedding planner or a day of coordinator is. I love working with them, but I also know like sometimes it's just not in the budget. So luckily I have uh, nine other tips here that are going to be perfect for you then if, uh, if you're doing this on your own. And so let's get right into it. So the first tip, as I mentioned, hire that wedding planner or day of coordinator. It's going to save a lot of stress on your part. Tip number two, if you are going to do it on your own, I highly, highly recommend creating a detailed Google uh, spreadsheet that you can give access to your vendors as well. Rebecca with uh, Bronte Bride has uh, graciously given me a link to 
some free resources on her website for um, timeline examples, among other things. So I'll have the uh, link to that free resource in the show notes. So don't miss out on that. So thank you to Rebecca for that. I really appreciate that. But I love spreadsheets. It keeps things in line. And for me, when I'm creating spreadsheets for my couples, I don't overcomplicate them. I usually will have a column that has uh, all the time slots for the day. Next over, I'll have like the activity, you know, what's happening, the description of that event, uh, that part of the day. Uh, next over, I'll have the location. Location is really important, um, especially if you've got multiple locations that you're you know, moving between on the day of. I think it's really important. And that's, for the most part, what I do, do for myself. Now, I'm not a planner, although like I've helped plan many, many weddings to this point. But honestly, if you're just doing it yourself, you know, just even having a simple uh, timeline like this um, on Google Sheets and sharing that with your your vendors, but also with your wedding party, with your immediate family. And so the reason for that is so the stress isn't all on you. You got multiple people on the day of that has this timeline that can keep track of the time, you know, and the day goes by really fast. And so if you have multiple people that are looking at the time and making sure that things are kind of moving according to the schedule, it's just going to make the day flow uh, so much nicer. I really, really, really love that. Yeah, so that's a great tip. Uh, That was tip number two is create a uh, detailed Google spreadsheet and have it uh, shared with your your vendor team as well as your immediate family and your wedding party. Okay, tip number three, assign a contact person, whether it's a bridesmaid, a groomsman, maybe a a close friend that the uh, vendors can contact before the wedding and on the day of the wedding. So I always tell my couples that I don't want them to stress on the day of. I really want them to just enjoy the moment and really just be themselves and and just soak everything in. So if I have someone that is close to the bride and groom that I can coordinate with and ask any questions, this is huge. This is something that I think myself as a videographer, I would would love, I have loved it in the past. I'm sure uh, photographers would love it, caterers, DJs, you name it. Florists, uh, makeup artists, uh, hairstylists. Uh, I think you know, having another person that we can contact in case uh, we have any questions is critical, just so we're not asking you all these questions and you're not feeling overwhelmed on the day of or leading up to the wedding. Again, going back, having that wedding planner and coordinator is uh, such a, a great idea because uh, they essentially are the one that we can like. Uh, talk with and coordinate and ask questions and we don't have to bombard you with all these questions that uh, are pertaining to your day. Tip number four. Uh, I really like this one. You really want to figure out your top priorities on the day of. like What's most important to you? And every wedding is different. Every couple has different wants and needs. For some couples, the getting ready portion is really important to them. So they want to make sure that um, there's an, enough time allotted for that. For some couples, portraits is really important in life, like family photos and the wedding party and, and the formals. So really like 
figuring out well in advance, I'm, and I'm talking like months in advance, what's really important to you on the day of is really going to help you determine where you need to allot extra time. And with that, I will always say that uh, many others in the industry will agree with me on this, is you want to add extra time to each event of the day. We have that timeline there for a reason, to, as a guideline to keep us on track, but sometimes things do run behind. You know, it, it's notorious, right? It just happens. And so adding 10 to 15 minutes extra for various things throughout the day is going to help you in the long run. And it's going to just give that buffer for when things do run behind for whatever reason. And it's going to take a lot of that stress off of you on the day of. You're not going to be looking at the clock and saying, oh, we should have been somewhere else, you know, 15 minutes ago, right? So having extra time for each event throughout the day is going to be so beneficial. But with that, you know, you want to have those priorities set out in advance and knowing like what's most important to you and and then we're going to get into it a little bit later on, but it's like leaning into your vendors. Um, your vendors are the professionals that do this on a regular basis. They know typically how long things take. So don't be afraid to ask them. They're there to help you and support you. They want to make sure that this day is, is going off um, flawlessly. And so having them on your side, don't be afraid to use them and reach out to them because that's what they're there for. So. Okay, that was tip number four, is really just uh, figuring out your top priorities for the day of and then adding uh, additional time for those things as a buffer so you don't run too late. Tip number five, this is a really important one, especially when there's multiple locations involved, is factoring in driving distances between those locations. I can't stress this enough, is things will always tend to take a little bit longer when there's a lot of driving distance involved. And so that's something to, to factor in. And I always like it when you know things are all happening at one site. That's always a, a perfect situation. But I also know that uh, we live in rural Alberta where a lot of times things are spread out. And there's ceremony having it, happening at one location. And then getting ready is happening at someone's house. And portraits are happening somewhere else and the reception is another location so it's a lot of driving distance and it's something to keep in mind because as a videographer i know even as a photographer most photographers and videographers their coverage starts uh, the minute they show up and that includes driving distance so if you have them for eight hours you got to factor in like if there's going to be multiple locations that they have to drive between that's going to eat in on the time spent with you guys. So something to keep in mind, don't underestimate the time distance uh, that it'll take uh, between locations. So tip number six, I really like this one. It's really geared towards the photography side of things. And that's really creating a family pair shot list for your photographer in advance. A lot of times, you know, photographers will ask this towards the end uh, before the big day, you know, with your your consultations and your, your meetings. But if you have a family pair shot list for them, for their family photos, that's going to save a lot of time on the day of. And also, like I would say, get some insight from like your, your parents because I know your, your parents are probably going to have specific photos that they want. 
we've had it where we've done family photos and we have we've got a shot list that we're going by that was given to us by the bride and groom. But then the mom or the dad comes over and they have all these other photos that they want. And so we typically will tell them is like that we have to stick to this shot list that we were given first. And then if we have time afterwards, we can definitely get those photos in as well. So keep that in mind. You're going to have influences from your, your family for certain family pairings. So having that family sh- pair shot list beforehand ready for your photographer is going to save a lot of time on the day of. And speaking of which, that kind of leads into tip number seven. And I really like this idea as, as well. And that's assigning one or two family members, maybe one on each side, to help the photographer in calling names for family photos. We see names on a, on a shot list, but a lot of times we don't know who these people are. We see faces, but we don't know their names. So having someone who is familiar with the people in attendance is going to be really beneficial and it's going to cut down a lot of time during family photos. I find with family photos, depending on the the wedding, I found that that's where time can really get out of hand and things can really be pushed back because people aren't paying attention. You know, people are just having a great time. They're, They're mingling. We're calling out names and no one's like hearing their names. So Having someone that is a close friend or a family member that can help the photographer with the uh, calling out names and, and grabbing people. And I always make the joke, it's, it's like herding cats at that time. <laughs> and that, that's not to offend anybody, but it kind of is like herding cats. And we try to you know uh, make things as efficient as we can during that time. So definitely having someone that uh, can help you the photographer is going to be really beneficial and you're going to thank me later for that tip. So also like I would, depending on the family size, typically, you know, family photos that I've done in the past have ranged between 30 minutes to an hour. An hour is really like extreme. It's been only a couple of cases like that, but usually it's 30 to 45 minutes I find for family photos and maybe even shorter if we have that shot list and, and, we have a family member that's helping out that is grabbing people you know, in a timely manner. We're going to like breeze through those family photos and then people can get back to you know, mingling and having a great time. And, and uh, it's going to help later on in making sure uh, things don't run late for the reception. Yeah, that was a really good tip. Tip number seven is just really having my family member to help out with the family photos on the day of the wedding. Tip number eight. Wow, we're at tip number eight already. We're still staying on the topic of uh, portraits. So depending on the size of the wedding, and obviously if there's travel distance involved between locations, you want to allow at least two hours for wedding party and formal portraits. Now, with that being said, as I mentioned earlier, setting those uh, priorities on the day, on what's really important to you, is going to be crucial for here because... I've done some weddings where the couple doesn't want to do many portraits at all. It's just like very short, like with it, like less than an hour. Obviously, they want to spend more time hanging out with their friends and family, which I totally get, right? Other couples, like, no, they want to be out for like two, three hours in multiple locations. And the wedding party portraits and their formal portraits uh, of just two of them are really, really important. You want to make sure that you're allowing 
at least two hours, sometimes three, in some cases, depending on the wedding party size, as I mentioned, for that. One thing also that, you know, is a kind of like an additional tip. Sometimes we'll have a shortened formal portrait session with the couple uh, in the afternoon, but we'll go out and, and during the reception at some point for sunset photos and grab them for about 10, 15 minutes uh, and get some photos done that way as well, depending on the weather and timing, of course, right? So sometimes that's great and that allows your formal portraits to be split up a, a little bit. So that has helped myself out in a lot of cases in the past, but again, it really depends on how important those portraits are and how many you want delivered in the end. So it will vary from couple to couple, right? So so yeah, that's uh, tip number eight is just allowing you know enough time for your portraits. Tip number nine, we're getting into the speeches now. And again, this is going to vary from couple to couple, right? Some families uh, love the, the chat. And if you give them the mic uh, and no time limits, it's <laughs> people can be sitting there for a long, long time listening to people, you know, chat on the mic. So having speech time limits for your speech givers, I would say it's really, really important. I usually like to keep it to five minutes if you can. I know sometimes that's tough with parents, uh, but I would say definitely have a guideline and really try to be maybe not strict with that, but just like very making it very prominent that, you know, we don't want to be sitting there for an hour during speeches. I've been there. I've captured speeches where they've lasted over an hour and a half and you lose the room and people get anxious. They want to drink, but they, the bar is closed. So there's a lot of things that, I mean, if you keep your speeches under 30 minutes, typically most people will be okay with that. You get beyond that, beyond the 20 to 30 minutes, uh, you're going to have some uh, very uh, restless folks in the crowd. So keep that in mind. I'd say keep your speeches to five to 10 minutes, closer to five minutes if you can, would be probably my recommendation based on all the weddings I've captured over the years. So that is tip number nine. And then we're coming up to tip number 10. And this is this is something like, it's going to sound very like vague, but I think Overall, I think it's one of, the, one of the most important tips I'm going to give you today. And that is to really just trust your vendor team. They're the professionals. They're the ones that you've hired to look after various aspects of the day, whether it's the uh, catering, florals, your photos, your video, your music, whatever. You really need to be okay and relinquishing that control and giving them the opportunity to do their job at the best of their abilities. I mentioned earlier about leaning on them during before the wedding, but on the day of the wedding, it's really important to just lean into them, keep the communication open, let them know like if uh, you need some extra time. I always think it's it's important for you to schedule pockets of moments throughout the day where you and and your significant other can just enjoy yourselves together without any distractions, without any interruptions, just you two. So having that is going to be really important. But beyond that is like, you really want to trust your vendor team. And I think, you know, as someone who has been on both sides of things, being 
I've been married uh, for a number of years now. It was really tough for me on the day of my wedding to relinquish the control. And I even caught myself a couple of times trying to direct the situation. And I had to stop myself because I've hired these professionals to do their job and I got to let them do it. So leaning into the your vendor team, letting the professionals do what they do best is going to help the day go by smoother. So it's something just to really keep in mind. I've had some weddings where it wasn't necessarily the bride and groom that uh, I had to worry about, but I've had like other family members who tried to dictate or, or change the course of the day. We've had to, you know, put our foot down and really let them know that, uh, you know, we're here for the couple and we're trying to be as respectful as we can to everyone's wishes and make sure everyone's having a great time. But in the end, our priority is the couple. And uh, that's our number one priority. And Aside from that, like if there are some like extraordinary situations that you know things change on the day of, we're going to adapt. We're going to be able to reconfigure and, and come up with a new plan. But overall, I, w- I will say that with all the tips I've given you today, I really hope like it's going to give you a better sense of how the day should go and give you the confidence to have a an awesome timeline that is going to check off all the boxes for everyone. Everyone's going to be happy. Everyone's going to have a great time. And it's going to really minimize that stress on the on the day of your wedding. So don't forget, I've got that link in the show notes from uh, um, Bronte Bride. Thank you to Rebecca again for that. For uh, There's some free resources for timeline examples in there that you can uh, check out. But that's all I had today. So um, it's a shorter episode than usual, but... I hope you guys got a lot out of this. Uh, I had a lot of fun really just diving in and really just sharing my expertise and my experiences with creating a optimal uh, timeline for the wedding day. So if you have any questions or if you want some further clarification on anything I've shared today, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. Best way is through uh, my Instagram page. And please don't forget to share the podcast I do this out of the kindness of my heart and I really want to make sure that uh, the episodes I'm sharing with you guys on a weekly basis are really helping a lot of people out there. So I'm counting on everyone to to be my my little soldiers and really just spreading the word. So thank you so much in uh, supporting the, the podcast. I can't wait to see you guys next week. And uh, until then, have a great week. Cheers. Well, that's it. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Alberta Wedding Podcast. Each week, I will pull back the veil and introduce you to the faces behind the brands that you love in Alberta. Your feedback matters. It would mean a lot to me if you could leave a review and let me know what you think of this episode. Until next week, stay well and be merry.